Welcome to the Globig Podcast, where we talk to international expansion experts from around the world to make it faster and easier for you to take your business global. Hello, I'm your host, Anka Corbin, the founder and CEO of Globig. Today's hot topic is all about how the new Republican tax bill will significantly impact U.S. international tax rules. Our guest today is Shannon Lamont, a partner and specialist in international tax services at Ide Bailey, one of the top accounting firms in the United States. Shannon, welcome. It's, it's really great to have you back as a guest on the Globig podcast, and thanks a bunch for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Anka. It's a beautiful day here in Denver. It is, isn't it? It's one of those perfect, perfect winter days here. Yes. Shannon, tell us a little bit about the work that you do at Ide Bailey. And, and actually, I know it's gotten a lot more complicated since this tax bill um, was enacted because it's just been a whirlwind, hasn't it? It has been. You know, I focus on assisting companies and individuals who have international businesses and helping them to understand the implications of doing business internationally. And of course, with the Tax Reform Act um, coming at the end of 2017, we have just been so busy with helping clients understand how this is going to impact them and understanding how we advise clients is going to change uh, because of these provisions. Yeah, it said that this new tax bill represents the largest overhaul of U.S. tax code since 1986, right? Yes, that is correct. And I, I have heard stories about how um, partners have retired in accounting firms when large uh, tax reform happens, like in the 86 Act. And, and I'm wondering how that will impact the uh, partners that are getting close to retirement these days. It's a really big deal. And I have to tell you, I'm so grateful that you're here to help me as well as our listeners understand what kind of the biggest changes are and the impact that they're going to have. Because I have to say, this is an area of international business that I really struggle with. And, and I imagine a lot of other companies do too. Yes, we are seeing um, a lot of, um, of companies coming forward to say, you know, we need assistance and we are just spending a lot of time with them. Um, helping them to understand how these changes will impact them. Well, and I think you and I were chatting right before this um, podcast in that these changes aren't fully set yet, right? You're finding that every week there's additional fluctuations and that we kind of want to make sure that everyone listening knows that, you know, this is just an ongoing process and to not assume that we're going to have all the answers today. That's correct. So the law um, was passed. However, there's a lot of guidance that's needed to understand some of the nuances on of how it will be implemented. And so just about every week, we've been getting additional guidance from the IRS, and that will continue um, as we implement these changes. Um, the first one, of course, um, being the significance of um, adjusting to a territorial income tax regime. And with that, um, we have, we need to basically um, have a, a toll charge on the income that's been left overseas and invested overseas and not taxed here in the U.S. Um, because of our prior system. So that's what we're spending a significant amount of time on now, and we're receiving guidance on a weekly basis related to that. So this kind of 
pretty much changes how all of this was handled in the past, right? So can you share a little bit about what it was before and then what it's changing to now? You know, like I said, this is one of those areas I really am challenged with understanding. So in order to move to this territorial tax system, what they are requiring companies do is uh, pay a deemed repatriation tax on the earnings that have been um, left offshore um, since you know, we've had the worldwide tax system. And so companies are required to make a calculation of what those earnings are and um, include that in their U.S. tax return, and they are um, going to be including that in, in their U.S. tax return and paying tax on that amount at a lower rate, and the rate just depends upon whether the um, earnings were kept in cash or other assets um, with respect to the foreign corporations. 
what's happening is that this um, the, the the good news is that this tax is payable over uh, a number of years. So they are going to spread the tax liability out over a number of years. So it's not all due in one chunk. However, you do need to make a calculation um, very soon because the first installment will be due at the um, unextended due date of uh, the tax return. So for corporate corporations, that's April 15th. And so we're diligently working to, um, to make those calculations available um, to, our, to, to the companies. So that's really, really soon. And I imagine that's massive income and impact for a number of uh, companies, right? It is, yes. Okay, so that I can see that being probably like the biggest immediate mm -hmm. need for companies to understand. So this money has been sitting there. They now are going to be able to bring it in at a reduced rate, but over time. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, and I want to touch on two nuances related to um, that because we we have many clients that are either owned um, that that are pass-throughs in the U.S. So they're either partnerships or S corporations, or maybe we even also have individuals that own foreign corporations directly. And I want to touch on that because. There are some nuances related to that in how the ter this new territorial tax system will work. Um, essentially, what's happening is that any distribution um, from a foreign corporation that flows into a pass-through entity such as an S-corporation or a partnership and ultimately is taxed at an individual level, the territorial tax system um, doesn't necessarily apply. You're still going to be receiving a dividend. Um, likely that would be a qualified dividend if the subsidiary is in a foreign, is in a tax treaty country. And so um, that's why we say that it's a modified territorial system. Um, there's that, and then there's also some additional um, anti-deferral taxes that they're putting in place. One thing to note is that on this transition tax, the deemed repatriation tax, for S corporations and their shareholders, they have the um, option to defer the payment of this tax. Unfortunately, it's not available to partnerships, but if you're an S corporation, there is that option. And so what they can do is defer the tax until there's a triggering event, and that is usually going to mean a disposal of the interest in the foreign corporation. So a lot of nuances here, um, and I I often um, caution our, you know, explanations of the territorial tax, tax system, especially when it um, applies to pass-through entities or individuals in the U.S. Right, because I hadn't really seen that, so it actually isn't that clear, and it really depends uh, a lot on the uh, on your entity, doesn't it? It does, yes. So a lot of the provisions that we'll talk about, you know, there's nuances as to who it applies to, who it doesn't apply to. Um, so we have to be careful in terms of, you know, who who um, is the the taxpayer in the U.S., what type of entity or whether it's an individual or not. What are some of the other areas? Um, are there any? Well, let me go back. Are there any other areas around this that companies should be aware of, or what are some of the other um, changes to the the tax system? Sure. One of the ones that we're seeing um, uh, that's oftentimes going to be uh, an issue is um, 
attacks that we're lovingly referring to as guilty. Um, guilty is the um, global intangible low tax income. And essentially what they've done is said that to the extent that you have this guilty income, you will be taxed in the US immediately on that income rather than that income being able to be distributed without inclusion in the US tax return for corporate shareholders. And so essentially what this tax is, is they look at the, the um, hard assets of a company and they say, well, we're going to look at um, what is 10% of the adjusted basis of those assets. And that's what they are going to view as an ordinary return on your investment in those assets. Anything above that is going to be considered guilty income. And it's going to be taxable in the U.S. And so we have quite a lot of companies that are doing business outside of the U.S. that are, for instance, service companies that don't necessarily have um, a lot of hard assets outside of the U.S. And so there is... Um, some, uh, there's going to be some heartburn <laughs> related to the immediate taxation of that income when um, they were, you know, expecting to have this territorial um, uh, provision apply. And one of the issues with guilty with respect to our individual taxpayers and, and pass-throughs that flow into, flow to individuals is that typically a distribution from a foreign corporation would be considered a qualified dividend and then be taxed at the highest tax rate of uh, 20% plus maybe the 3.8% surcharge. And um, this guilty tax uh, instead would be, you know, treated as ordinary income rather than qualified dividend income. So it'd be taxed at, well, the highest rate being 37% at this point. So um, something that we are uh, making sure that our um, companies understand will likely apply even though we've gone to this territorial income exclusion. That's a pretty big difference from what they were prepared for and what's actually going to happen, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Um, the other one other um, provision is um, what we're uh, referring to as the beat tax, and that's a base erosion and anti-abuse tax. And essentially what that tax is aimed at is U.S. companies that are making significant payments to foreign related parties. And a lot of times it's um, for the use of intangibles, for instance. So in, in prior years, they've set up structures where they have um, intangible assets outside of the U.S. and the U.S. companies needing to make a payment, or they have set up um, intercompany loan agreements where interest is being paid, or for instance, there could be services that are being um, paid for as well. And the beat tax is essentially a minimum tax on um, those payments. And so we are seeing um, that for some of the companies that are, especially the inbound companies, so companies that are US companies that are foreign owned, this will oftentimes apply. Um, but this does um, this does only apply to companies that have average annual gross receipts for the pr prior three years of at least 500 million. So that does, um, in terms of the small to medium sized companies, likely not apply to them. Which is probably most companies, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes, that's certainly most of our client base. So. 
What would you say was kind of the biggest impetus for the changes? I'm just curious. I, I totally understand the repatriation tax because I think that's a significant opportunity to bring that money back and reinvest back into the market. But what do you see with some of these other ones? Is, um, do you feel that they're, you know, I guess I'm just trying to understand the kind of the bigger goal, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, the the big goal, of course, is to attract investment into the U.S. and not to be incentivizing companies and provide some um, some uh, I guess anti abuse provisions so that companies can't really shift income to other countries. Because, of course, if you go to a territorial um, territorial regime and you have a lower tax rate in that other country let's let's call out Ireland for instance I mean our tax rates coming down to 21% so that's pretty good but there are still countries that have a lower tax rate and so what they're trying to do is say well we're going to go to this territorial um, regime however we don't want you to be still shifting income um, and allowing this shifting of income to the foreign subsidiaries that will never be taxed in the U.S. So if you're making real hard asset investments outside of the U.S. that's all great uh, but if you're you know just um, if you're not then we would like to still tax that income. Okay, that makes sense. I wasn't yeah. sure that I understood that, right? That's so in other words, they don't want to incentivize them to go to the lower tax areas because this works now and they're going to add mm-hmm. some difficulties to to do that. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that we expect to see is um because of they're going to this territorial um system is a more scrutiny around transfer pricing. And I know that we've talked about transfer pricing before on the podcast. So I won't belabor the point, but just explain that transfer pricing is really the price that would be charged between in a transaction that is between two related parties in two different taxing jurisdictions. And so we expect that um, there will be a lot of scrutiny on what is the correct price because of course the US being that it's now going to a territorial regime where it's not taxing all income will want to make sure that it gets its slice of the pie. So we'll see likely um, an, an even more focus on making sure that transfer price is correct. That's fantastic advice. We'll make sure that we list the transfer price podcast because we definitely had one that really helped companies understand, you know, how to approach it and what was the right thing to think about with that. That would be really good mm-hmm. support of this podcast too. Are there any other um, changes that you find are really impacting and when which ones are you finding are something that you're going to kind of hold off and learn more about or get more information from? Well, one that I think is um, very interesting and um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out more information um, as we get more guidance is the foreign-derived intangible income deduction. So this is actually a favorable, favorable provision where they're going to allow a deduction. Um, you know, it's, it's almost similar to um, uh, if, if you have... Um, what they're trying to do is say that we are going to allow you a deduction to the extent that you have an intangible in the U.S. that you're exploiting in a foreign market. And so that will definitely be 
beneficial and maybe even offset um, some of the detriment of the global intangible low tax income, the guilty tax. And so we could see that, um, you know, some uh, companies that are going to reinvest the income on this that that's being brought back as a result of this transition, they may even want to reinvest it here and keep that um, intangible asset base here and then exploit it in other countries and get a, a nice low, even lower tax rate than the 21%. Oh, interesting. Does it only apply the, to those um, whales, the larger companies, or does that apply to everyone? It applies to corporations. Okay. So domestic corporations. So unfortunately, again, um, we have a you know dichotomy between the smaller, medium-sized business that might be a pass-through and the corporation. And one thing that we're likely going to see is the consideration of those companies as, as to whether they might um, benefit from. Um, converting to a C corporation, let's say they're an S or a partner S corporation or a partnership, they might consider if this um, FDII, foreign derived intangible income deduction, might be beneficial enough to warrant changing to a C corporation. Oh, interesting. So that could be a, a, a fallout, if you will, or kind of a, the, mm -hmm. an option for companies. Now, will it apply to things that they've done in the past or is it just going forward? Just going forward. Okay. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Any other um, changes that you're seeing and things that you're monitoring? Well, one that's not necessarily an international tax provision, but is going to become um, very important in terms of how we uh, how we think about structuring. You know, when we um, when we meet with a, um, a company, they're often considering, how do I structure into um, moving my business um, or expanding my business into another country? We now have this um, pass-through deduction. And so many a times, um, it may make sense to not necessarily um, have that income in a controlled foreign corporation where it's not taxed immediately in the U.S. Um, because of this um, pass-through deduction, there may be an opportunity, you know, to have that income in um, in the U.S. and and therefore get an even um, larger deduction with respect to that income. So the pass-through tax is um, a a, a, a deduction or the pass-through deduction is something that will be need to be considered in terms of um, structuring and what type of structure a company is looking at with respect to their international operations as well. Oh, that's really interesting. So it'll actually impact their the decision that they make on the sort of company that they create or what they do mm -hmm. in the foreign countries too. Yes, and would would definitely come into consideration if they're considering. Um, converting to C corporation to to take advantage of the FDII. So mm -hmm. oh, there's just so much, you know, there's so many moving parts now um, to think about in terms of what are the what are the changes, um, how how does that impact my business currently, and then what changes could be made to, um, you know, to make my tax, my structure even more tax efficient with respect to the changes that have been made. So a lot to think about and consider. 
Absolutely. It seems like for every company out there, it's time to sit down and pencil this out because it can, it, you know, as you'd mentioned, it's, it's actually going to impact really soon, right? So what are some of mm -hmm. the timelines that we're looking at this being, um, you know, active? Yes. So almost all the provisions are um, effective as of January 1, 2018 for calendar year companies. And so um, the only one that we need to look at for 2017, for instance, is this deemed repatriation tax. So that needs to be is a calcu calculation that needs to be done as of the tax year that begins in 2017. So if you're a fiscal year taxpayer, most of these provisions are going to apply to um, the, the, the tax year that begins in 2017. So if, for instance, you're in April year end, then um, your May to April 2018 return is going to be affected by the deemed repatriation tax. Which is coming up and really it is. something to be prepared for. Yeah. How fascinating. I, how, how, how should companies stay on top of this? What are some, what are some tips that you have on, you know, that they should be reading and what I know you guys always have really great webinars and, and blogs and are there some articles and things that you're going to continue to post about this so that people can really stay in the know? Yes, we do have a tax reform landing page on our website, idbailey.com. And so I would encourage companies to um, monitor that. And also they can subscribe for, for our tax alert. So we're publishing articles related to tax reform. Um, there are some recorded webcasts as well, if they've missed some um, that just kind of go through high level, some of the provisions. So um, yeah, just subscribing to those and and um, watching as the um, tax alerts come out. Because as we know, everything's still changing every week and you're getting more and more information, right? That's correct. So this is a, a it's an exciting time. I imagine maybe a little more exciting than you were hoping for, but um, <laughs> it's really interesting. And, and I certainly look forward to seeing how it impacts all the different companies. So. Shannon, I want to thank you so very much for joining us today. What a fascinating topic, and we look forward to you, you know, you keeping us informed because we certainly appreciate your expertise on that. Sure, no problem. It's a pleasure to join you, and I uh, look forward to hearing more and providing more information as it comes available. Absolutely, and, and make sure to go both to idbailey.com, which you'll find the resources in the blog article that we write to support this podcast, as well as um, globig.co website, where we have a lot of international expansion information and abundance of free resources, training, and tools, and of course, access to these awesome experts such as Ide Bailey and Shannon's expertise around the world. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast channel for more fantastic international expansion podcasts. Yes.